We're rooting for you. Welcome to episode number 25 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host tonight is Lenore. Dee is off academicing her thesis. Good luck, Dee. Keep up the hard work. We're, we're rooting mm-hmm. for you. Tonight we're talking about entry-level fountain puns, but first, let's talk about what we're drinking and writing with. Lenore, what's your poison? Well, I hope it's not poison tonight. I am... Uh... I'm drinking Louisville Pure Tap, which I think I've told you guys before is the uh, the ad campaign mm. that our water system has. Mm-hmm. So this is an Aquafina bottle filled from the drinking fountain is what I'm drinking right now. It's very right. exciting. <laughs> and um, and I actually have kind of gathered together basically all of my fountain pens in front of me so that I can pull them out and write with them as we're talking and um, have hopefully salient thoughts. Hmm. That's my plan. We'll All see right. if it works. What about you? I've uh, I've got a big bottle of water and I'm sipping some equal exchange blend that Chris picked up this week when she went into work. Uh, she did not bother to write down the name of the blend for me. <laughs> so it's sort of an unknown. It's whatever they have for a light roast in there. Um, taste? North Station Cafe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little darker than I prefer, but it's not bad at all. Uh, right. Which is good because she picked up a, like more than a pound. So, oh yes, um, need to be able, it needs to be drinkable. Yeah, it needs to be drinkable. If at the very least, if we don't want to brew it as regular coffee, we can always make it into espresso, and it'd probably be good that way. Cool. And I am writing with a CW Pencil Enterprise by Karan Dash, black and silver pencil, in my podcasting train of thought by Baron Fig. Um, and so. Moving into what's exciting. What's exciting for you, Lenore? Oh, okay. So here's my note. My note about this is what? Blackwing 54 and Field Notes Coastal less than three, less than three, less than three. That is <laughs> where I am right now. Um, I I was uh, expecting the Blackwing 54 to be delivered on Monday because mm. that was what the the shipping thing said. And I hadn't even gotten a shipping thing about the Field Notes Coastal, so I didn't even know that was coming. And they both came yesterday. We're, we're recording on Sunday, so they both came on Saturday, a day early. And I love them both so much. And I know that opinions seem to be really mixed on the 54. Um, it's another polarizing edition. I love it. Love it. Hmm. Love it. And... I remember hearing of the game Exquisite Corpse, and I did—I hadn't—I just didn't know what it was. I had no idea what it was. Really? And now, like, I want to just make it my life, and it—it it looks like it would be so much fun. It's like Mad Libs for grown-ups, and yeah, yeah, really <laughs> fun. So, um, and this Field Notes Coastal—they are so beautiful, and. You haven't you haven't gotten your hands on one yet, right? I am no longer buying any field notes. Yeah, and I, you know, this is I think the end of my subscription. Yep. And they they might have suckered me in again. I don't know because it is so pretty. Yeah. In in person, the iridescence of the foil stamping, um, and kind of the depth that it gets is. It's just gorgeous, and I really like this. Um, oh shoot, what do you call the 
reticle. Is the reti- it reticle yeah, graph? the reticle yeah. graph. Um, it's a light blue reticle graph, mm. which is really nice. And I can't tell you about the paper because I haven't written on them yet because I have to like decide how I'm going to use them mm. because they're so pretty. Um, the reticle graph, the, the ink of it, I don't know what's going on with it because it kind of looks like it's green from one angle and blue from another. I, was, I don't think it's iridescent. No, I was talking to Mike Hagen about this from Leadfast. It's what they call a split fountain on the printing press. So one side of the press gets blue ink, the other side of the press gets green ink, and then it sort of merges in the middle. And the first pages off the press, or the first, you know, couple thousand pages off the press will have sort of a really stark division between the blue and the green. And then the blue and the green slowly merges over time as the press warms up and they, you know, they add more ink or they, yeah, it's a really cool little, little printing press thing. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. It's one of, it's one of the prettiest ones. Um, I'm trying to think what else I really liked. I think the last one that I just was kind of floored this much by was probably the, was is it Two Rivers or Three Rivers? Two Rivers, yeah. Two Rivers. Yeah, the Two Rivers. And, you know, which is a completely and utterly different. Yeah. You know, they have nothing in common except the fact that I opened the package and was just like, oh, my God, these are so beautiful. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, they got me. They got me. And, um, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do now, uh, except that it's probably going to involve ordering some more of these so that I can have them in my closet to give to people Um, because it's really beautiful. So Spawn and I are planning a trip up to um, New York in a couple months to to visit some family up there. Um, We're going to go. Uh, to Manhattan and paint the town red in however you can do that when you have to be in bed at nine. And um, I think she's going to have the New England uh, book for her adventure book when we go up there. And we're going to be in Florida for a little bit of time this summer. And so, nice. um, but they're just, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. So, and I, I actually really like the, uh, the raspberry of the black wing, the 54, and I'm going to do, what uh, Andy was kind of joking about and put multicolored uh, erasers in mine. I'm going to change out the erasers mm-hmm. um, and make kind of a little bouquet of erasers. But I think that the, I know some people have been just like, eh, it's pink, it's ugly, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And also, I have an entire box of silver ferals to move around. Nice, which, nice. You know, right? Yeah. So anyway, I'm a little excited. I don't know if you can tell. I can. So, what about you, Les? What's exciting? I have been uh, watching Jessica Jones. I'm, uh, <gasps> yes. yes! I'm on episode four, and I'm we're stalled there until I Chris can be around enough to watch a couple episodes with me. So, since I made, I made the mistake of starting to watch it with her instead of just going off and watching it on my own when she wasn't home. And are you avoiding spoilers, or do you already know how she dies? I mean, oops, sorry. Uh- <laughs> Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's I, not Joss Whedon. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I tried to avoid spoilers, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I've also been listening to a lot of different music. Um, I've been listening to Toflo and Mo. They're both uh, European performers, and Toflo is raunchy. So if anyone's listening to this and they follow my Spotify link... Put on headphones and don't listen to it in the office and probably don't let your kids listen to it because it's kind of filthy. Um, Mo, on the other hand, is much more 
parental, you can probably listen to most of Mo's tracks with your kids. Um, but yeah, Toflo is like every now and then, like I'll have it on. We have a Bluetooth speaker in our living room, and I'll be in there working on on writing, and Chris will be like, "Wait, what was that? Like, pause that, pause that. What was that? Oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> did it really? Oh, I can't believe you're listening to this." I'm like. I'm at home. Um, you need so, to make a mix for when the Jehovah's Witnesses come to the door. Oh Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure that the that that I don't know how that would go over. <laughs> anyway, they wouldn't come back. <laughs> no. Well, no, they don't come back anyway. But that's beside the point. Um, yeah. So anyway, headphones with Tovlo. Mo is okay for general consumption most of the time. Anyway, um, I've been looking for some stuff to listen to with Spawn, so I'm glad to get some some ideas there. Yeah, Mo is really upbeat, kind of pop oriented. Um, I mean, some and of the I songs. I appreciate that you uh, that you put the warnings on for the breeders. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so that's the end of like you know it's weird because I, I you normally what's exciting I'm like oh there's all kinds of new Baron Fig stuff and blah 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 but. I have been off social media for the most part for like two months now. Like, you know, I check in on Facebook daily and I check in on Twitter way more. I put Twitter back on my phone. I'm but... sorry. You're off of you're off of social media except for checking in daily. Yeah. Okay, I check I in like, like I check in okay. like once or twice a day. Um, I just wanted to make sure what you meant by off. Yeah. Like for like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not on it for like hours wasting my time. Okay, like I, I used that. to be. Um, so like check in here and there, but like not not like I used to. So I just realized I was probably making noise on here. I was trying to get the ink out of the cap of my um my uh Coeco Sport. I've got a little bit of green ink up in the lid, and then I realized I'm probably making noise there with that. So that's what that noise was, everybody. <laughs> Me poking a tissue into the cap of my. I it, it wasn't it wasn't noticeable on my end. Okay, good. Okay. Um. But yeah, so so anyway, like I'm kind of out of touch with all of the like new releases. Like I yeah, I did check into Erasables and RSVP the the, the our Facebook groups. Um, but I feel so out of touch with all the new stuff. So, I'm going to I got to try and keep get back in touch. Yeah. Good. So anyway, Come are we back ready to us? <laughs> Come back to the dark side. Um, <laughs> so are we ready for our main topic? Yeah, get on in there. All right. Okay. Wait, Where? where's my show doc here? All right. So today's main topic is about entry-level fountain pens, sort of the pens that you might gravitate towards when you're first getting into fountain pens. And for me, I think I'm defining entry-level for us as pens on the lower end of the price range, so below $50 US dollars, that might appeal to people who have never used a fountain pen before. And I really wanted to start here by talking about nibs and nib size. So you have, uh, like there are all kinds of different nib sizes. There's italic, there's uh, double bold, triple bold, medium fine, extra fine, extra extra fine, and so on. And then there's also a difference between European nibs and Japanese nib sizes. Japanese. Is that kind of similar to the way that the the um, hardness scales on pencils are so different between the Japanese and European pencils? Yeah, yeah. There's okay. there's a lot of difference there. Um, Sorry for interrupting. Please okay. continue. So the Japanese fountain pen nibs tend to skew much more narrow 
than European. So a fine European nib is much more similar to a Japanese... Wait, did I say fine? I don't remember. Damn it. I lost track of myself. So a European fine is much more similar to a Japanese medium than to a Japanese fine. And a Japanese fine is more like a European extra fine. So, okay. you know, the European pens tend to be much wider than Japanese nib sizes. What are some of the European brands? Because I'm looking, I think all of mine are Japanese, actually, now that I'm... So, like, Kuiko is European, um, Lamy is European. Oh, okay. It's the, uh, well, those are both German brands, then there's Mont Blanc, um, I'm trying to think of other brands. Um, Twisby is an Asian brand, but they use European nib sizes. Oh. So, so it gets complicated. Yeah, it gets complicated. Okay. Um... So there are Joe Wo nibs, Bach nibs, and those have European sizes. Um, even though I think the Bach might be made in Europe, but the Joe Wo is definitely made in China. But they're both European sizes. But then Spell you Bach? Ha? Huh? Spell Bach? B-O-C-K. Oh, okay. I, I don't... I haven't had any of theirs. Uh, you probably have one, depending on the, on the brand of pen that you have. Um, because they make... Um, nibs for other manufacturers oh okay so a lot okay. of the a lot of the kickstarter pens will have a bach or joe Wo nib on them and sometimes they specify that in the kickstarter this is going to be so educational for me i'm just gonna i i actually already know everything about fountain pens i'm just pretending i don't on behalf <laughs> of our listeners really um and then i think if you've never used a fountain pen before it's really hard to decide what nib size to use Especially if all you've ever used are gel, ballpoint, or pencil. And I tend to think if you like soft, smooth pencils like I do, like uh, B, 2B, 3B, 4B, or you like the Palomino pencils in the softer grades, so like the um, the smooth and the bold graphite, you're going to probably like a medium or bold nib because they glide over the page in a similar way to that soft, smooth graphite. If you like a harder pencil, like an HB or H pencil, then you might like narrower nibs that are stiff. So something like a fine or extra fine. And then it's also really important to remember where and how your pens can dictate your nib size. As a for instance, I prefer a medium sized nibs, nib. Um, but when it but at work, I use an extra fine because the paper is so crappy. Um, if I used my preferred medium nib, you wouldn't be able to read any of my writing. Not that you really can anyway, because my handwriting is so <laughs> terrible. Uh, but, um, you know, that, then you also have to take into consideration ink, which that's a whole other episode. Um, and I don't think we have enough time to go in, in depth on ink right now. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm in for that one. Yeah, I think we should definitely have an episode about ink at some point. And then another thing to think about is what kind of filling mechanism do you want? Do you want an eyedropper, which is where you open up the body of the pen, you fill the body of the pen with ink, seal the threads on the pen with either an O-ring or silicone grease, and then um, screw it together, and then you have this giant reservoir of ink. Um, and then there are piston and other methods of filling the body of the pen with ink which is sort of is a mechanical process where you screw down a plunger and then it, you know, unscrew it to fill the body of the ink. Or do you want a cartridge filler? So a cartridge just has is a little container full of ink. 
plug it into your pen, you empty it, pull it out, discard it, or, you know, some people refill their cartridges too. Um, so there are all of these different filling methods and it, what you decide you want to use is really a personal preference, but also based off of how you're going to use these pens. Like when I was in school, I loved eyedropper and piston filled pens because they had way more ink in them than a cartridge pen. So, you know, I wanted to be able to write for page after page after page after page without worrying about running out of ink in the middle of class. Whereas now it's it's pretty easy for me to use a cartridge fill pen because I'm writing, you know, 10, 12 pages at a time and I can really see when my cartridge is emptying. Right. Um, so there are those, all those considerations to take, take in before you, before you buy a pen. Um, um, can I throw one more in that I, I am not seeing on your, on your yeah, list absolutely. of just factors, maybe to do alongside the rest of it, which is the, um, the barrel. My first fountain pen was actually a Lamy Safari mm -hmm. and I'm left-handed. Oh yeah. And I just, I, I don't like the grip on it. So I use it for grading because it, it, um, with the ink I've got in it, it tends to not, uh, it tends to keep writing even though I'm spending more time holding the pen than writing with it. Mm, yeah. Um, which is nice. You know, that's, that's, I can't have something with hard starts. Yeah. That's what you call it, right? Yeah. And I think, I think <laughs> that can be mitigated with different inks too. Right. Right. Which again, you know, is another kind of question, but, um, you know, trying to use the wet ink that's not going to have that. So that pen has been, it's been fine for grading, but it's not like I, if I were writing with it, I kind of have to find the spot to hold it yeah. every time because I have a weird grip. Yep. And, um, so that, you know, now is one of my least favorite pens. And then I've also used a couple that the barrel was just a little bit too, um, too wide for me, mm -hmm. which has been also, you know, just something I, I kind of, as with, as with anything else, right? You have to just kind of try some things and, and sometimes you're right. surprised. Yeah. So if you can kind of mention, I'm taking some notes here on the things I haven't tried yeah. yet. I, um, um, I'm going to get into grip a little bit after we talk about my, my top three pens as a suggestion. Oh, okay. Terrific. Um, all right. Didn't so need to derail you no, 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 we're, we're going to go into that more in depth in a few minutes. Um, so my top choice for a first pen is the Twisby Echo. It has a piston fill mechanism that works really, really well. The nibs are pretty good and they can be smoothed easily. Um, so just through use, they smooth out. Um, plus Twisby has resolved their issues with cracking. So it's a great little piston fill pen that you can buy any bottle of ink and fill it. Um, and it ha doesn't have the grip issues that something like the Lame Safari has. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my entry level pen for someone who wants a piston filler. The other thing is, if you don't like it, it has a great resale value. So you can oh. usually resell your Twisby Echo for what you paid for it, and and you know you're not losing any money on it. Now this is actually one of my favorites. I've only got one of them. Yeah. And I'm trying to look and see. I can't see what the what the um. Oh, maybe it's a tiny, tiny F down there in a weird spot. I can't tell if there's just a divot in the metal or if I have an F nib on it, but it is one of my favorite ones. And it the... holds a gallon of ink. Yeah, they hold a ton of ink. The I can't, I can't remember where they put their nib size, but like I have an extra fine 
version of it and it's a great pen it writes forever and they're super sturdy like i keep my twisby echo in my back pocket inside a knock co fodder stack alongside like inside the the little pen slip for it i have my timber twist and so like i sit on this thing i throw it around and it has just survived i've got no cracking issues it's never leaked a drop of ink and it just keeps going so fabulous pen um they do have a new version of the echo out um that has a more defined grip a lot of people seem to like it i haven't tried it yet i want one but haven't yet purchased it so uh, moving on to cartridge filling pens i think the pilot kakuno is a great pen it comes in lots of fun colors looks great performs well it does use proprietary cartridges but you can also buy a converter that works really well with it um they're available on jet pens and through ebay for pretty i mean they're around 15 bucks so it's a really inexpensive pen and the nibs are really nice they're nice and smooth like my extra fine kakuno is really really super extra fine um but it does a great job then for a pen that is a great candidate for eyedroppering that isn't really super cheap the kawiko sport is a great pen it uses international short cartridges or you can use uh you can put a o-ring or just uh, silicone grease on the threads and it seals up really tight holds a ton of ink and just writes forever plus it's pocket size so you can throw yeah. it into your pet into your pocket and mine has never leaked i've never had a problem with my kawiko sport doing anything it just works and works and works and works yeah, and this is what I've actually got going now. I've got a, a little bitty mint green, which was, again, one of the very first pens I bought. And um, I, after reading, I think, something probably on your blog, mm. I um, I filled it with a um, an Ackerman green ink. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Yeah. It's great. I just put, a, I just put silicone grease on it. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I uh, that's one of the, my pens that I just fill with ink the same ink over and over and over again it's mine's got omas turquoise in it and mm. it just it's just keeps going it's i open it up a year after not using it for six months to a year and it just writes so um yeah another pen that a lot of people like is the pilot metropolitan i am not a fan of the pen um, the threads hit my middle finger exactly where I grip the pen, so it's really uncomfortable for me to use. And I also find it uh, weighted a little weirdly. But, I mean, like, I have small hands, and if you grip your pen differently than I do, I mean, I use a standard tripod grip, so um, I do have a tendency to death grip my, you know, white knuckle death grip them. Um... It could be a great choice. A lot of people really like it. And I always wonder if the popularity of this pen is due to so many men posting reviews and using the pen. It just seems better suited to larger hands to me. The other mm. the other great thing about them is that you can find them in Staples and Target for about 15 bucks. Um, and then if you don't know what nib size you, you'll like, the Alami Safari is an inexpensive introduction to fountain pens. And you can buy replacement nibs pretty inexpensively. I think I bought 
mine for 10 to $13, depending on where I bought them from. They're really easy to swap out. You just pull on the nib and it slides off the body of the pen. Then you can add, you can slide the new nib on really easily. I have like a little container that has all of my Lamy nibs and I can take them with me so I can swap them out pretty easily. Can, um, oh, so you can do that on the fly. You don't have to do that just when you're changing ink or something. You can do it on the fly. I do it on the fly, but you have to remember it's really messy if you're doing it on the fly. Okay. So you're going to get ink all over your fingertips if you do it on the fly. Okay. Um, Which is fine if I know it's coming. Yeah. I mean, then you just put <laughs> gloves on or something. A downside of the Lamy is that the Lamy cartridges are proprietary and the converter is pretty small. So uh, that's something else to discuss, converters. So it's a little a converter is a little cartridge size widget that allows you to use bottle ink in a pen instead of just cartridges. So um, the converter, you buy it for your particular type of pen and it you know slides in there in the place of a cartridge and then you it works just like a little miniaturized piston filler you roll it one way dip the pen in ink and then roll it the opposite direction and it sucks ink in just like a syringe not all converters are worth the effort like there's a converter for the Coico sport that basically holds like a single drop of ink it's they're ridiculously <laughs> cute but they're pointless um, especially when silicone grease lets you fill up the entire barrel yeah and you get like three milliliters of ink in there um so going back to this grip question um I find that, like, I because I'm right-handed and I use a standard tripod grip, like the pens like the Lamy Safari and the new, um, the new Twisby Echo work really well with my grip um, because they're, they're designed for people who are right-handed and have a traditional tripod, you know, three-fingered tripod grip. Um, but I know they cause a lot of people trouble for people who are left-handed or people who don't use a traditional grip when they're writing. So, you know, it can be very uncomfortable if you happen upon a pen that uses an unusual, like, our, you know, has, like, divots for your finger and you don't use those divots. Right, right, which is my problem with the Safari. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, the, I, and then there's also, like, there are a lot of pens out there that have um, threading not far from the grip section because that's where the cap attaches. And, like, I find if there's a large step between the grip and then the body of the pen, that tends to dig into my fingertips or dig into where my pen rests on my on my middle finger. So I find those uncomfortable. But it's also, you know, based off of hand size. Like, I'm a woman. I have smaller hands. Um, I have wide but short hands um, that are, ten, you know, technically smaller than what the pens are designed for. So a lot of like pens, I feel that they're reviewed by men. They're like, oh yeah, this is a very comfortable pen and blah, 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 blah. And then a woman reviews it. And it's like, this is not a comfortable pen for me. <laughs> I think that comes up pretty often. Um, but, but you know, I, I to have much smaller hands than most reviewers. I tend to point that out though in my reviews when well, I review right, a pen. Because you're aware. Yeah. But, you know, also, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to go into my social justice warrior crap today. Um, so <laughs> The patriarchy. Oh, indeed. So a pen that I think everyone who is looking into fountain pens should check out is the Platinum Preppy. 
yes, they're super cheap. They're under $5 each. You can, you can buy like a 12 pack on jet pens for not a lot of money, but they're such a great little pen. If you like fine gel pens or, well, they come in medium fine, extra fine, um, so you get three different nib sizes that are available in the Platinum Preppy. And if you like a fine or extra fine gel pen, so like 0.5 millimeter, you're probably going to like the medium Platinum Preppy. If you like the extra, extra fine gel pens, you're probably going to like the um, the fine or the extra fine Platinum Preppy. It's a great step, first step into the world of fountain pens. Plus they convert to eyedropper really easily and they hold a metric ton of ink. Um, I think I have like a half dozen of them inked with different inks and I have like medium size, uh, fine and extra fine. I've got them across the board. Uh, and with these pens, I don't practice good pen hygiene. I can't tell you the last time I washed one of my platinum preppies because I don't, I never clean them. I just add, unless I change ink, which I, you know, why bother? I just buy a new platinum preppy. Um, so I just add more of the ink that I'm using in that pen and go. I have several Platinum Preppies that I've had inked with the same ink. I, I wrote in the dot two or three years, but it's probably closer to four or five years. And I have one that has um, Platinum Carbon ink in it that I have used for sketching. And I just refill it. I just add more ink and it just goes. And every like I don't use that pen very often. So literally every time I open it, it just writes. And sometimes I go three months without using that pen. Uncap it, it just writes. What more can you ask for in a pen? That's, yeah, you know? that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's exactly, that gets to the point of what a lot of people don't like about fountain pens, which is that they're fussy. Yes. And I wonder if that's why, if that's part of why fountain pen people a lot of time are like, oh, the preppies, because they're yeah. not fussy. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you don't have to mess around with them. And I think yeah. that's a great way to bring people into fountain pens is here's a platinum preppy. You can put any color ink in it you want. It'll hold three milliliters of ink. You can write and 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 write some more. And you can throw it a, throw it into your pen cup and then pick it up two years from now, uncap it, and it's going to write. Yeah, and the one case that I will say that I am not having that experience is with that um, I've got Organic Studio Santiago Bay Blue in mm -hmm. one of them. And for some reason, I don't know why, I don't know how I ended up with this ink, actually. I think it was one of the first inks I bought, and I wasn't looking. I didn't really know what to look for. I was just trying stuff. Yeah. And it's a really pretty color, and I like it, but it does not work well in this pen. And I think it's because it's a water, uh, It's it's like a, what's it marked as? Water resistant or yeah, it's, waterproof. It mar it's marked water resistant, fast dry edition, mm. and it just it just never flows. It does not flow in this pen. That's, so I've got to just clean it out. That was a problem with the early iterations of the Organic Studio inks. I had some of their cryptid inks, and I don't remember which one it was, but it wouldn't flow even in some of my wettest pens. So I ended up mixing it with other inks, which I'm not going to talk about mixing inks here because that can get you into some really dangerous territory. Yeah. Well, just a warning, up. you yeah. probably don't want to mix a water-resistant ink with a non-water-resistant ink, if nothing else. So. Yeah, well, I mixed it. <laughs> I, I think I mixed it with, like, Pilot Blue. And it worked great. And, you know, it started to flow and everything. But there was something about their early inks that just did not flow particularly well. I think I had the Siren Blue. 
And okay. I, I had a hell of a time getting that to flow in any of my pens. It just would not flow. It just, yeah. But it was a beautiful uh, blue-black color that, you know, looked fabulous. I just couldn't get it to write. Yeah. Which is problematic when you're using it in a pen. Yeah. To write yeah. with. Yeah, because you kind of you kind of need that to happen. Kind of the point. Um, yeah. So, um, another... Another um, inexpensive fountain pen, if you have small hands and you're looking for something that is pocket-sized, uh, the Pilot Petite 1 is a great little fountain pen that takes, again, proprietary cartridges, or you can convert it to eyedropper really easily. And, uh, again, it just it's one of those pens that will write and write and write and write and write. I don't find it as comfortable as the Platinum Preppy because you have to post it for it to work um, or for you to be able to handle it comfortably. But it has and a nice smooth nib. posting means? Remember posting, this beginning ah, show. That's right. Posting it means ah. putting the cap on the back of your pen. So I tend to not post my pens. I either hold my cap in my, in my left hand as I um, brace my, my notebook or I clip my cap to the sketchbook or notebook that I'm using. I don't like, I don't usually like the balance of a pen in my hand when I post the cap. Yeah, and that's something about the Twisby Eco, I will just say, is that it's kind of heavy. Yeah. And it has an O ring on it that you can post the cap, but um, and it, it's way too heavy. Yeah, it becomes very top heavy or back heavy. And I never post my Twisby Echo. Never. Because it's so uncomfortable and unwieldy, it needs to post much deeper from, or it would, it would need for me, me to, God, bleh, words hard, it would need <laughs> to post much more deeply for me to be able to use it, posted, than it does. I mean, right now I feel like the cap kind of like suctions on, and then hangs right off of end. it. Yeah, yeah. right at yeah, the very end. It is quite heavy. Yeah. And unbalanced. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it posted, but. Post unposted, it's a lovely little fountain pen. So, um, one of the downsides to the Twisby Echo uh, is that you can't get replacement nibs for it. Um, like a lot of places will sell other replacement nibs for other Twisbys, but the Twisby Echo uses, I think it's a number five nib, whereas the rest of their pens are a number six or something else. But all the other Twisby nibs are not compatible with the Echo. Interesting. So, I wonder what the choice was there. I think they're cheaper. Part. They're much cheaper than their other nibs. Okay. But I've not found a... I mean, I know you can buy some Jowo replacement nibs and, and swap it out. So if you want something different, you can buy, you know, Jowo nibs. And I think Goulet Pens sells nibs that fit the Echo, but they're not Twisby nibs. And, oh, okay. Uh, I think they're just... Brand, they're branded for Goulet pens instead of other companies. Because I think Twisby uses Joe Woe nibs on theirs, but don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Okay. But. So that is, I mean, the other, There, are, I'm trying to think of other fountain pens that you can, I mean, you can go on eBay and you can usually find, like there's a whole assortment of really amazing super cheap pens made in China that you can, you know, you can for $15 or $20 or $30, you can literally get 20 or 30 pens. Um, 
One of my favorites is the Jin Hao 992, which is a lightweight plastic, clear or translucent bodied pen that um, has a really nice nib on it. My, I got medium nibs and they feel really good. And again, it's another pen that, you know, you just pick up and write with. It's fabulous. Have you used the Pilot Varsities? Um, not in years. Um, so when you get, uh, we were actually talking about this before, when you get the Preppies, um, they have a cartridge in the barrel rattling around but not loaded. Yep. And so the Preppies that I'm using right now are ones that I put silicone grease on the on the threads and just filled the barrel yep. with something. Oh, and I should say here, since you didn't mention it, um, if you do start buying bottled inks and you have more than a couple of them, put a little book somewhere in your desk or in wherever you store your ink and just make a note of what kind of ink you have put. <laughs> <laughs> because I've got two pens in front of me that have ink in them that I just, I have no idea what it is. Mm. I don't know if it was a little vial, a sample vial I got. You know, you think you're going to remember. You might not, especially if yeah. you have samples around. But, um, you know, I've just filled up the, the barrels of them with, um, you know, with plastic disposable pipettes. Yep. Um, so I haven't been using the preppy cartridges, and I just have them in one of my cigar boxes here in my office. But the Varsity um, comes, like, already preloaded, like yep. it's ready to write. It doesn't have a cartridge in it. And so um, I'm going to have to look up if I, you know, if I ever empty any of these out. I bought a set, and they actually, I really like the way they write. Um, you were talking about the... Uh, about the nibs, about the comparison between the size of nib on the fountain pen and the the softness of the pencil grade, yeah. the pencil core. And I hadn't thought about it that way because I've always been a super fine pen girl. Mm. And, you know, like the V5s are my favorites. Um, the Pilot V5s have been my favorites for a really long time. And so I was going with fine nibs. I was like, oh, yeah, I like it fine. I like it really fine. And I think part of the reason that I've always gone with the fine nibs and I'd kind of forgotten that it was an issue is because of being left-handed hmm. and dragging my hand across it. So the fines leave a lot less ink on the surface and they dry faster yeah. and they don't smudge. But with fountain pen ink on good paper, they're drying fast enough. I'm not getting smudging anyway right. anymore. So that's no longer an issue for me now. And now I'm finding out I really like the juicy medium uh, yeah. medium nib. And I didn't know that until I bought some, you know, my first few pens that I bought, I was like, oh, fine. Ooh, this one has an extra fine. And I actually don't like them as much. Yeah. I think you probably like the Lamy Safari much more if you got a medium nib for it, because that's going to give you more writing area than the fine will. So like the nib itself, is wider and it gives you more more of a sweet spot whereas that fine nib you're probably looking for exactly the right spot where it's meeting the paper perfectly to write yeah it's still you know it's still the triangular grip is yeah. just kind of exactly wrong like i'm almost i'm like you know 55 degrees off <laughs> <laughs> so it's just not it's i'm not even on the points like i'm just off the points of the triangle and i'm definitely not on the planes so it's just not a good shape 
for my hand and yeah. probably when I you know when I get these used up I may just pass them on to other people or even see if I can sell them I think they're both special edition colors so I might yeah. even be able to yeah you will yeah you, that's another thing with the Lamy Safari is that it's I think it's one of the reasons a lot of people recommend it is because it comes in so many different colors and like yeah. the like the echo it holds its value really well and if you have the collector's edition colors you can usually get more than you paid for when you sell the safaris what's the etiquette around cleaning one of those out before you sell it definitely clean it out make sure it's clean and dry before you sell it i um i purchased a used lamy safari and rollerball set um and i was seriously peeved when it got to me and it was still full of ink i've gotten several pens that when I've bought them used or I've traded with people, they've come either with a cartridge inside or not cleaned properly so that, you know, it, it gets to me and I have to let the pen soak for a day to get out the cartridge of ink that's lodged in the feed. Oh, and are you just, are you soaking it in water or in, what do, what do you, I soak, how do, how does one clean one of these pens? Um, well, What's the normal protocol? I usually, if if I have if I get a pen and I it is full of ink, dried out ink, I soak it in water with a tiny little drop of dish soap in it, mm. um, and I'll I'll leave it in that overnight. If it's a pen like a Lamy Safari or something made out of plastic, you don't want to do that with an expensive vintage pen. So I'm just talking about modern pens here. Vintage pens. You want to go and research how to clean those out better because you don't want to soak them overnight because it can damage uh, certain materials. Um, so yeah, so if it's if it's something like a safari, I soap in water overnight, and then I have um, you know one of those boogie suckers that you use to suck boogers out of a kid's nose. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you take one of those and you fill it up with warm soapy water. That's stuff what it. I was wishing for yeah. earlier this week. I was like, yep. there should be a thing for this. Yeah, stuff that into the back end of the grip section of a pen right? And, so that it seals up in there and then squish that warm soapy water through the pen and you'll be able to see all of the ink come out eventually. And if it's, if it's clean, if it's relatively clean, most of the ink comes out very easily. If it's not clean and someone's let it dry out, then you're going to have more work to get that goop out of it. Um, but yeah, I use a boogie sucker. I don't know what the actual, it's like a nose syringe or something like that is the official name for it. Um, get one online instead of the one that you can purchase from like CVS or Walgreens because I purchased some from CVS and Walgreens and they were not very rubbery. Uh, the one that I purchased online is very soft and pliable, very rubbery, does a great job. They probably don't move them out that fast in CVS and Walgreens because they give you one to take home with the baby. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that, you know, they they never get A rid lot of, of people probably just never end up buying another one. Oh, yeah. Why would you? You know, you got I one. I can't think of a reason. And, well, unless uh, you're cleaning, so you clean out your fountain, fountain pen. <laughs> um, and Goulet yeah, Pens does sell the nice rubbery version. It's a little higher price than what you might find on uh Amazon, but it is a nice rubbery version, and you know you're going to get a good one when you order it from Goulet. Um, so yeah, that's how I clean my fountain pens. I use, when I do bother to clean them, I use a boogie sucker and warm soap and water. Uh, if you 
um, want to get real technical, look up how to use um, ammonia to clean out your fountain pens. A lot of people will use ammonia and water to clean out dried out ink. Very, you know, it, ammonia, if you ever get um, fountain pen ink onto your clothing, using ammonia on the fountain pen ink will hopefully dissolve most of it. Not oh, always, really? though. Yeah. Amo for whatever hmm. it is, for whatever yeah, reason, I'm contemplating I'm, why that would be. And I'm sure there's some chem like I know that if I get fountain pen ink on my hands using a combination of am ammonia and and stuff uh, like to scrub, like I use ammonia Windex. in coffee grounds or Windex will work, uh, but like coffee grounds um, mixed with a, a little bit of ammonia gives me something to scrub with and yeah. gets it gets it off of my hands much more easily than just soap and water. Man, I learned so much from this show. Well, I've done a lot of, like, I've spent a lot of time using fountain pens over the years. And, I've spent and cleaning a lot of time... up your messes. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's another thing. If you if you get fountain pen ink into a porcelain uh, sink, <clears throat> like I have in my downstairs bathroom, um, the best way to get it out is to use ammonia on the porcelain rather than bleach. Bleach will often react with fountain pen ink and can leave, like, a yellow haze. But um, using ammonia instead of bleach, not at the same time, ever, um, will clean out oh, yes, the don't, ink. Don't do that, everybody. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. And, like, if you're going to switch from one to the other, rinse for a really long time first. Yeah. Because yeah. you do yeah. not want to make nerve gas. Don't, don't die. Um, yeah, so ammonia does a much better job than bleach. Um, but, yeah, anyway. That's my entry-level fountain pen discussion. Any thoughts? So, um, do you just kind of make sure that your life is surrounded with only decent paper because you know that you're going to be using fountain pens and you don't want to have to think about it? Or do you have certain things that you use fountain pens in and you know you can't use it on other kinds of paper? Well, like, at home, I use the composition notebooks that I, I discover through my yearly composition notebook roundup for my blog. Right. And so I know that those notebooks have good paper for my fountain pens and I can use any size fountain pen on those and any ink I want. Um, so at home, yes, I make sure that I have the right kind of paper for my pens and I have no problems with it. Um, alternately, when I'm at work, I make sure that I have a pen and nib combination with an ink that works well on crappy paper. Uh, so, like, I at work I've been using either an extra fine Platinum Preppy or my Pilot Kakuno with an extra fine nib. And with those, I use either, I can't remember the blue-black ink I've got in one of my pens right now. It's a, it's a blend, actually. It's a blend of different inks. Um... So that I use that for, for blue-black, and then for my black, I am using Deatramentis Deep Water Blue, which seems to work really... Deep Water Black, not blue. Deep Water Black, um, because it seems to work really well in an extra fine pen um, while I'm at work. And the, okay. Because the paper there is just super crappy. It's really absorbent. If I used a fine or even a medium pen on that paper... It would just blur and it would be a mess. So, yeah, I, I I pick pens that I know work well on crappy paper if I know I'm gonna use it. 
But okay. if I'm at home, then it's it's a free for all. You know, I've got I'm surrounded by Baron Fig. I'm surrounded by composition notebooks that I know work well. Um, and then if if I have paper that I don't think is going to work well, then I just use a pencil. Okay, my um my ink testing notebook that I'm using mm-hmm. is one of your. It's one of the no brand notebooks. Yep. With it's the one with the little the little birds on the wire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that paper, the special paper that you had. That's the um, HB LaserJet uh, 24 pound. Yeah, and um, so it was actually really, uh, it was actually really a good choice for this because I, um, you know, I, a couple months ago I ordered a whole bunch of ink samples from Goulet Pens. Yep. Looking for a, looking for a peacock blue that I liked. Yeah. And. Um, and, you know, then because I was ordering anyway, I went ahead and got some purples, mm-hmm. you know, as, as one you, does. Yeah, of course. Might as so, well. Why not? Right. So I used a dip pen and, um, you know, just to be able to throw some ink down, yep. right, and and see the colors. And this paper is really nice because it's nice and bright white. Yep. So it, it really shows the color well. It does, yeah. But a lot of these inks are so, um, what do you call it when they sort of make a little fractal around all of your letters? Oh, saturated. Feathering? Saturated. Or, oh, oh, yep, feather. Yep. Yeah. That's... They're feathering, and I'm, I'm only writing on one side of the page, so I can really see where some of them just came right through. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's the same ones that are bleeding through to the other side and feathering. Yeah, that has to do with the amount of ink, because usually the HP LaserJet responds pretty well with most pens and ink. But if you really slather it on there, like with an extra bold or bold pen or really wet writer, like a dip pen is, a dip pen's a very wet writer, it tends to lay down a ton of ink. So you're going to get that fractaling and soak through on that paper because it just lays down a metric ton of ink. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Cause I was just using it to kind of get an idea of the colors because I had so many of them. I didn't want to wait. Yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. To feed them all through my pens one by one. And there's definitely some of the colors that I like a lot better than others. Although mm. um, there's not much here I wouldn't use. Um, but yeah, I mean, rather than buying 30 preppies, to throw them all into right um so that's good to know as well all right so yeah and then one other thing that i was thinking about while you were talking about nibs Mm -hmm. so the the pilot varsity uh i'm looking at here and this is a medium yep and at the end of the slit you know the writing surface has sort of a ball shape on the end well the Pilot Varsity uses a folded over tip, I believe, instead of like the ball, like the the little blob of iridium or other radium, rhodium. Um, yeah, you it's get probably not better. radium. Yeah, that would be no rhodium. Yeah, rhodium would be a better choice. Yeah, rhodium. Okay, or I can't it, tell. I mean, it looks like yeah, I can't tell. It looks like a ball, but I you know my close up vision isn't good enough, and I don't have a good uh hand lens here and then the safari has a little bit of a of a ball of a rounded shape yeah. at the end but not not very yeah that and the tipping that's that's called the tipping 
Oh, so yeah, it looks like all the ones I'm picking up here are having the, um, cause I know I had some that just felt like they had sort of a scratchy flat at the end. Mm -hmm. Well, it might be that, so if your tines, so at the end of your fountain pen, there's that slit and those little, the two sides of it are called the tines. Right. If your tines are misaligned, um, one is bent out or bent, bent up, then it, it will create a scratchy feeling as you write. So what you want to do is you want to look at it with a loop and you can use your thumbnail to kind of bend the tine back into place. Mm hmm If you're daring. Um, right. And it, just, just a little, like, push on it usually solves that problem. Yeah, all the ones I'm picking up right now look really well aligned. So mm -hmm. I don't know what, what pen it was I was thinking of that really, it just felt like it was completely flat at the end. It might have mm -hmm. been the dip pens, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, dip pens tend to be very, very scratchy. They don't have tipping, usually. Usually mm -hmm. they rely on, on flexibility to be smooth and a larger and amount am of ink. The amount of ink that they're pouring yeah. through themselves. Okay. Yeah, so my, my Kawiko Sport actually has a medium nib on it, and mm. that was where I started cluing into the fact that, oh, I actually like the, the wider nibs better. Like, I, I think I ordered it by accident, mm. Yeah, but I actually really like it better than the fines. I actually find that the Kawiko fine nib is really super smooth, and because the Kawiko is, I think my Kawiko Sport is pretty wet, it lays down a lot of ink, that the fine nib feels really nice to me. I love that. I love that nib. Yeah, it's a terrific little pen. I really yeah. like it. And I think it's also like I noticed that a lot of women really seem to like the Kuiko Sport because I think part of it is its size. Yeah. You know, it's easy yeah. to to toss into a bag or into a pocket, and then when you unveil it, it's just the right size for my hand anyway. And it feels well, I mean, um, this is one that I always post, which, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's so beat up. It's just sad how beat up oh, it is, yeah. you know, where it's all scratched, but I don't care because I'm, you know, I'm not keeping it for the resale value or the looks. I like it as yeah. a, you know, as a tool more than as an object. Yeah. And um, it, uh, this is one that I do always post the cap on because yeah. I can't, I yeah. can't write with it without. It's it's already at Steinbeck stage, right? It really don't is. Post it. And I'm. Yeah, and I, I stop before Steinbeck stage normally. <laughs> um, interesting. Like, my Kuwiko Sport, I've had it for so long, and for a really long time, I used black ink in it. That um, So I used the um, platinum carbon ink in it for a really long time. Um, the I have the clear version, and the plastic has yellowed because I used black ink in it for yeah. so long. Right. Um, which is, is something to think about, like, depending on, like, if you're using a clear bodied pen, a, a demonstrator pen, then the ink that you put in it can really damage the plastic over time. So it's something to just be aware of. That's another reason to buy cheap pens. True, true, true. Because then you don't feel bad about it. Yeah, it's like my, my, uh, platinum preppies. I don't care. They were a $3, <laughs> they were a $3 pen. Might as well just order another if I want to test another color of ink. Anyway. Sweet. Well, thank you so much. Well, That's really, thank you. really good information. Thank you. Um, so I think 
unless you have any other questions, I think we've pretty much hit all of the entry level entry level fountain pen information that we can kind of divulge right now. So, um, so I actually do have one comment based on my own experience here. Okay. Um, so first of all, Jet Pens has some really great uh, videos, mm. which I just learned a lot from just watching their videos, and it made me braver. Yeah. Um, but the big thing is, um, I you know I wish I'd just gotten brave enough to buy uh, a bunch of preppies or varsity or something like a lot sooner because I was trying to buy something nice and people liked the Lamy and they like, you know, the, the, there were reasons, you know, to yeah. try certain things because I was reading reviews, but, um, just for finding out what I like, I should have gone for the cheap ones first and just been willing to do that. Yeah. I think sometimes like, a lot of people shy away from recommending something like the Platinum Preppy or the Varsity because they're so cheap. Because I think, to an extent, people are afraid of recommending inexpensive things because they're not as nice. You know, like, my reasons for recommending the Twisby Echo are specific. Comes with a great nib, you get a piston filler, and as piston fillers go, you get it for around 30 bucks, which is unheard of. But, you know, I also have a lot of love for the Platinum Preppy because it comes with the Japanese fine, medium, and extra fine nibs that are lovely. They work really, really well. And the Platinum Preppy just works. So yeah. if you're someone who's coming from using disposable, cheap gel pens, the Platinum Preppy is a perfect bridge into fountain pens. Whereas the Twisby Echo might not be for you because it's a $30 pen, you have to buy a bottle of ink, and it's a lot more investment in a pen than the platinum preppy as if you end up not liking the 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 nib or the fountain pen experience with the platinum preppy yeah you can pass it on to a friend or throw it away you know yeah, exactly. whereas a twisby echo then you have to like okay i'm gonna try and sell this on the rsvp group on facebook or i'm gonna have to put it up on ebay and i'm gonna I'm, have to wash it first yeah i'm gonna have to clean out the ink i'm gonna have to wash and dry it <laughs> um you know so like it, there's there are a lot more steps if you don't like the pen whereas the preppy it's kind of a no-brainer yeah it really is and it's and, it, and it's great they're just so much fun yeah they really are it's really low stress i mean they cost slightly more than a black wing right <laughs> they're about the same price as some of those uh, volumes editions well yes i'm not talking about second yeah i'm talking about buying new <laughs> this is true yeah for for the cost of yeah. a 12 pack of the new volumes editions you can get three or four platinum preppies or more four yeah, four platinum ten. preppies yeah yeah no five five right five depending on Wait. where you're buying them well okay so the, i'm sorry I'm doing math here. You'd think I'd be better at it, but the box of black wings is 24. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah, you're looking at five or six eight. preppies. They're, eight. they're $3 a piece at Jet Pens. All right. So you're looking at eight of them. Damn. Eight. Yeah. Eight preppies. Exactly. Right? That's eight different colors of ink all ready to go. Well, plus if you buy an ink sampler, then you don't even have to buy a bottle of ink, right? Right. You, you just can... pour the whole sample in there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. No, I love it. I love this. 
So, I want to take a moment to thank everyone for their reviews on iTunes, as well as the amazing discussions in the Facebook group. I really love it all. I mean, it's just really... I, I don't go to Facebook as often as I used to, and every time I go to Facebook, I go to the RSVB, RSVP group. God, words hard today. Uh, and I check in. And the discussions are always really fabulous. I just love it. If you have a moment, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It helps new folks interested in stationery find the podcast. And it's always great to have new listeners. If you haven't been to the Facebook group, you should definitely join in and just jump in. It's a really friendly group. Um, and everyone, you know, I, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter the other day, and I, I'm just going to go a little tangential here in my follow-up. Um, it's really interesting at how many... So one of the really interesting things is the diversity of people in the group. There are people from all walks of life with all different types of beliefs, but they all play really well in the group together. And I don't know, is it stationary that bridges the gap between political divides and um, prejudices and whatnot? But whatever... Whatever it is, there's something about the RSVP group on Facebook that's just mind-blowing and how well people respond and talk to each other. It's very respectful, and I love it. I just love that. Um, I learn so much every time I go in there. Absolutely. It's really fabulous. All right. So you can find the podcast online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can find me... Less at ComfortableShoesStudio.com, Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram and Twitter at Original LC Harper. And despite Dee not being here, you can find her at TheWeeklyPencil.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TheWeeklyPencil. Lenore, where can we find you? Mostly Facebook through the RSVP group. Hit me up. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm excited.